It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to The Hangover. I'm Daniel alongside with me, Shannon White. And we got another week of football to talk about. Pittsburgh Steelers have qualified for the tournament. They are the seventh seed in the 2023-2024 AFC playoffs. Shannon, how are you feeling? How are you doing? How would you? How did you enjoy that game that we just saw between the Steelers and the Ravens? Well, I, I'm doing great. Uh, it was... It was uh... You know, we was all uh, just holding our breath yesterday. You know that that thankfully the Tennessee Titans came through for the Steelers because the Dolphins sure wouldn't have, or sure didn't. So, uh, yeah, I was just really happy. Um, I thought they played a a very smart game in terrible conditions for both teams, and even though there was multiple turnovers, they ended up you know, canceling each other out and the Steelers actually scored off one of theirs. And that was the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for sure. You know, it was, it was a pretty wild game though, man, playing pretty much what looked like a frozen monsoon. I mean, I think the, uh, the temperature was somewhere around 34, 35, but the, the uh, windshield, it felt like 28 and it, it was raining pretty hard. I, I think that was a game that I probably would not have wanted to go to. I think that's one no. that I would have rather preferred to have been at home. I know that um, I think it was Dave Schofield who had put out on his uh, his Twitter that tickets to the game were as low as like seventeen dollars. Yeah, something like that. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was. Hey, I, was I tell you, we went to see 
uh, me and my wife, before uh, we had our son, we was at Three River Stadium, and they were playing the Bengals. And this was in the 90s. And uh, the weather came in off the the, uh, Three Rivers there, and it started out as a cold rain, and then it turned to snow. Mm-hmm. And by the the end of that game, we neither one of us could feel our feet. We wasn't expecting it to do that, you know. And yeah. once your your socks and everything gets wet, and and then it gets below freezing, we couldn't feel anything. So I was never so happy to get in a warm vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. You know that that kind of not 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 to that extent, uh, but at a Steelers game. A couple of years ago against Seattle, night game, uh, it was probably around 40-something, you know, low 40s. Yeah. Is was in October already, late October, early November. I think it was the first week of November there in Pittsburgh. And I'm from Texas, so it was, it was still like 80s <laughs> back home. And uh, uh, we took some ponchos with us, right, to, the, to Pittsburgh. And yeah. uh, for the game, it wasn't scheduled to be raining. We looked outside. I was like, are you sure? And she said, yeah, yeah, it's not going to rain. So we left the ponchos behind. Sure enough, we're oh, sitting man. there for about 30 minutes before the game, sitting frozen in, in rain. I think it was like 30-something. I think it was like 38 degrees or something like that. It was That's it was, miserable. It's yeah. Miserable. It stopped I, I right. Think, I'll take snow any day. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I'll take snow any day. That that uh, freezing rain or when it's you know right at that line border, that yeah. is so miserable. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't handle it. Uh, you know, fortunately, by the time that the game started, it did stop to r- stop raining. So the, the forecast was right. It was not going to rain during the game, just the hour up until kickoff while I was sitting there or yeah, while I was in the stadium. The rest of the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it was a good day. It was a good day. The Steelers, Steelers won just like they did on Saturday night. You know, they didn't have to wait long. The following day, Tennessee took care of uh, Jacksonville and the Steelers are in, uh, you know, Three or four weeks ago, nobody would have predicted the Pittsburgh Steelers going in into the playoffs, uh, especially after losing the way they did to a couple of teams. Uh, the turnaround has been vast, quick. You know, a lot of a lot of credits going around to a lot of places. Uh, one place is Mason Rudolph, eighteen for 20, 152 yards. So you know he didn't have himself a a huge day, but very efficient. You know, one TD, uh, a one fifteen quarterback rating. What, what were your what was your thoughts? On, on Mason Rudolph throughout the game. I know he had a couple of fumbles and things, but overall, what did you think about his performance? Uh, just another professional performance. I mean, he he's a six-year vet, and he looks like a six-year vet. Uh, he's, he's playing with house money. He has nothing to lose, everything to gain. He's going out there. He's staying calm and confident in the pocket to the last second. You know, I mean – I'll take a sack or two as long as you have ball security. If it means that, you know, he's holding the ball and staying and keeping his eyes downfield and he's hitting some of them passes later in the route. And that's something we hadn't seen all season. Hmm. And it's opening up a lot of the playbook. And we see the Ravens fully commit to take Pickens away. And so he didn't force it. Uh, he threw the one ball that could have been and probably should have been intercepted. and But it seemed like that clicked in that bad weather and everything. After that, he threw no 50-50 balls at all, you know, or anything uh, up for grabs. That was just uh, 
you know, he didn't read that safety sitting in the center of the field. He thought it was clear and he tried to put it in there. And, but, you know, 18 to 20, man, you can't ask for much more in those conditions because neither team was going to light up the, the, the air, you know, throwing the ball, uh, not, not, you know, and it was such a miserable, cold, rainy day. It actually neutralized one of his best weapons in Jalen Warren because I don't think people understand a lot of times pressure points when it comes to carrying the football. If you're five, seven, five, eight, whatever Warren is, you have a very short span and less service area for one against the football. And then instead of having the pressure points where you want it, with Warren with these short arms, it comes up in his palm. So if you watched, he had a terrible time securing that wet football. He struggled the whole game to hold on to that football. He was carrying it like this a lot, which limits his ability to be you know explosive and and use his uh, mobility and his moves. Uh, so I mean, I keep saying this is where Najee, who's six two. Uh, and he has much better ball security in them conditions. I'm like, they got to lean on him. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, he was up to the task because uh, I thought that that was the difference in the game. The Steelers' run blocking was able to establish the running game and establish Harris. The Steelers, you know, controlled time of possession, uh, was able to extend drives and move the ball effectively on the ground because, as we said, it was not a day to throw the football. Yeah, it definitely wasn't. Um, you know, one of those misses that, that Mason had was uh, a deep shot to Deontay Johnson. You know, um and where I was his arms on that? Yeah. He didn't even extend for it. He he also he also slowed down a little bit. I, uh, I don't I th- know what happened there. I really don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. He he uh he slowed down to push off. It was weird. So <laughs> he didn't and- have to. Yeah, he didn't have to. He hadn't beat. Yeah, he had leverage. Yeah, yeah. If he just kept running through, yep. um, he would have caught that ball in stride. It would have been a you know in the bucket throw, similar to the one that uh, was thrown to Pickens in in against Cincinnati, and he would have he would have been eighteen or nineteen of eighteen for over two hundred yards and and two touchdowns, and it would have been an even greater day for him. Uh, but you know, based on what they were asking him to do, take care of the football, especially in that type of weather. I mean, he did put the ball on the ground a couple of times. Uh, those are some things that, uh, you know, the Steelers bailed him out for the majority of them. He lost one, I believe. And I think that one was the one right before the half that did take some points off the board as well. In my opinion, I think Boz, you know, probably kicks a field goal there. But Najee Harris, you're right, 26 carries, 112 yards, 4.3 average, a touchdown. Uh, I thought he played very, very well. You know, he's a guy that, you know, looking ahead into Buffalo that you're probably going to have to lean on again because of the, uh, the weather element as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, but you know, this rushing game, Isaac Sayamalu, I think this was one of his coming out games as far as being a stealer in, in the running game. He was dominating. Uh, Mason Cole kind of cleaned up the, uh, uh, the snaps for the most part. I think there was one that may have been low, uh, but the rest of them were, they weren't on the ground. What, what were your thoughts on the offensive line? Oh, as you say, Samalu's really found his footing. Uh, I think he misses Jason Kelsey. When you go from Jason Kelsey to Mason Cole, that's a huge difference. And 
you know, he was on that, you know, really elite level line in Philly. And it's been an adjustment period. Uh, one of the type of blocking they've asked him to do. But if the Steelers in the last few weeks are starting to um, put in more trap plays, which is a staple of the Steelers for many years, that's something they moved away from in their run blocking for the last few years. I love to see the trap blocks back. And on that one touchdown to Harris, uh, you know, he threw a beautiful trap block and sprung Harris. Uh, and, you know, you've seen it on Twitter all day, uh, Sunday, where they kept showing it. Uh, I'm like you. I think it was a a the best performance for Somalia all year. And we know he's dealing with that shoulder injury, which is keeping him from practicing maybe once a week. But he comes in the game and he still performs. And something that I've said last year, uh, Daniel, that I'm really impressed this year, you can keep pushing the pile. If the running back gets two yards and they stand him up, they're letting them, they used not to, but now they're letting the lineman get behind and push, and you could get an extra two or three yards. The Steelers lineman, even as uh, early last year, would stand around and watch. And you'd see one of our running backs get tackled by two or three guys. Now they go in behind and keep pushing the pile and they end up getting extra yardage. So I think we're seeing uh, a difference in philosophy in the physicality. And I honestly believe that that comes from college at Broderick Jones. Because if you watch Broderick Jones, he is setting the tone physically for the whole unit. Since he started uh, at right tackle, they are much more physical run blocking. Now, they still struggle pass protection some, but they're run blocking. They're aggressive. He plays all the way through the whistle, and then he's setting the tone. If he don't like the way somebody's holding up Harris, you know, he's in the guy's face, and he's a rookie. So, to me, he's the alpha male they've been missing on that offensive line. He's the Marquise Pouncey that used to stand up and be the leader on the line. And I think it's going to be Broderick Jones. So not only do I think he's going to be a great left tackle in the future, I think he's going to be that leadership and that voice and that tone setter that the offensive line has been missing. But they are definitely going to need that running game this week. Because in the playoffs, the running game and defense travels. You know, it, it takes away home field advantage if you can keep the ball on offense by grinding it out and then play solid defense on the other end. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And, you know, the physicality of the offensive line has definitely changed. It wasn't too long ago where the offensive line was watching Ben Roethlisberger pick himself up off the ground. Exactly. So, yep. so yeah, I mean, they, they sure have come a long way. Uh, but you, you mentioned Broderick Jones playing on the left side. Uh, I, I know it's, you know, playoff time and um, – <laughs> <laughs> I know, you know what you're, you're going to say. Yeah, you've, we've been winning this way, yeah. but Dan Moore was oh, was man. definitely maybe perhaps a little bit of Dan less uh, on, <laughs> on on Saturday because he just he, he was getting abused out there. Um, you know, any consideration or any thought do you think that the Steelers might put into uh, making that change, putting Broderick to the left side, or ah. is it you know, hey, we, we we've made it this far, we've gone this much, we're going to stick to it at this point. Ah. I wish I wish they would have done it earlier. Yeah. Uh, 
he finished up uh, the year as the lowest graded pass blocker tackle in the NFL. Uh, that's that's so disappointing because I really thought that he was going to have a good season, and it just hasn't materialized. It just hasn't happened, and to be the lowest graded, uh, that's bad. That's really bad. And but we've been saying it, Daniel, for a few weeks now that they needed to move Broderick and bring in the core for it. We've said it. Now, Dan Moore's run blocking has been fine, but you can't be one-dimensional. His pass blocking is so subpar that it makes him hard to play. Mm-hmm. So I can't remember if it was you. One of my podcast partners believe he's a guard eventually. Yeah. And if they do move him to guard, maybe that's an answer. But that's next year. Uh, I would really, as much as he's struggling, I would have done it two weeks ago or when they made the move to Rudolph. I would have also changed the line. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they didn't. And now I think it's too late. I agree. And if, if he does move to guard, that's probably going to be on another team, especially with the guards that the Pittsburgh Steelers have right now. Yeah. Not just starting, but also backing up. I think that they're just a level above where Dan Moore is. And and, and at this point, it's more of a situation where uh, the Steelers have no choice. Uh, well, I think they do. They have the choice of putting, you know, Broderick over there to the left. Uh, but I think that, I mean, it could mess up something that they've already built uh, with Broderick on the right. So, I think unless there's some sort of like um, injury or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I think that, um, yeah, we're, we're probably going to be stuck seeing it this way. Uh, perhaps maybe, I don't know. It's, it's supposed to snow this weekend, ain't it, out there in Buffalo? Well, they said originally maybe two inches on game day. Now mm-hmm. they're saying uh, low 40s to high 30s, really windy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that the snow will be earlier, not, mm. you know, during the game and everything. So uh, it sounds like it's going to be hard to throw the ball, you know, a little bit more difficult yeah. and a little bit more difficult to kick. But so that really brings the running game to the forefront. Uh, speaking of kicking, uh, I hope that we don't have to see Presley Harvin out there this weekend because you know, another bad game for him, uh, you know, kicking was just not, or putting the ball was just not, uh, did not go in his favor. And I think that even in one situation where he did get the punt off and, and he downed the guy inside the 10-yard line, um, was it Deontay Johnson was jogging, jogging off the field, got a 12 yep. players on, 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 on the special teams and had to redo it, and it turned into – Then he uh, shanked it. Yeah, yeah, he shanked it. Uh, yeah. Have you ever heard him when he was in the, doing the interview, I think it was two weeks ago, he says he don't worry about fundamentals. He worries about energy. He okay. wants positive thoughts and energy when he kicks the football. Well, maybe that's why he shanks every other punt. <laughs> I mean, what is going on with the Steelers punting game? I remember back in the Steel Curtain era, the punters were not good. Mm-hmm. Then during the the years up to Big Ben, when the Steelers had a really, really good punter. So they went years with uh, Jordan Berry, which was a nightmare, but at least he was consistent till it was a important moment and a pressure mm-hmm. moment. Then he would shake it. Yeah. Now we've got Harvin, who we thought was going to be an upgrade, 
he shakes every other punt. Yeah. The, I mean, somebody, some people talked about the punt God since all them charges and all were, you know, he was proven innocent. Yeah. Um, you know, he needs a team. Is it some team going to give him a chance? But the Steelers have got to answer that this offseason because that's a real problem. Yeah, I agree. And I think they have to look past what he can do in in spring and summer and, and just before the season starts or maybe even the first quarter of the season because that's when the weather is – is manageable once it gets you know the season gets long and it gets yeah. cold uh, it's the consistent stuff when it comes to him is that he starts shanking more times than not it gets uh, harder yeah you yeah. know you have to control your drop i think part of the problem is he's chunky i yeah. mean i can't say he called me chunky because i'm chunky but he you know when he drops that ball it, it especially in windy weather he drops it a long way before he makes contact, mm-hmm. more room for error. I mean, you know, you think about Ray Guy. I, I don't know if you were old enough to remember Ray Guy. Um, but we're talking about he would have the he would almost be holding the ball when he kicked it. Mm-hmm. He didn't have much of a drop. That drop, when it drops that far, is very difficult to control. Um, and then he tries to kick the end of it. Mm-hmm. If you watch him, he tries to kick the one of the ends. Uh, what he's trying to kick short um, and, you know, trying to pin him inside the 20. Well, mm-hmm. sometimes that makes it even harder because mm-hmm. you have less strike area. So I I think he needs to concentrate on fundamentals. Oh, I, I would say definitely, definitely, 100%. I mean, you, you, that's the reason why the lack of consistency, you know, and, and that's what it is. It's a tremendous lack of consistency. You know, if you bring up an interesting point, you know, he's dropping the ball from such a high, you know, drop, you know, it, does wind play a, a, a factor yes. in that drop? You know <laughs> what I'm saying? So yeah. it, it doesn't have to be a major movement, just a slight, you know, quarter of an inch movement, maybe even half of that. And the ball is going out of bounds and only, yep. you know, 30 yards versus a 60 yard bomber. So, um, Definitely, definitely. That's definitely one of the things that um, that that's probably one of the reasons. Now, uh, you mentioned earlier that you know Jalen Warren put the ball on the ground a couple of times. Uh, you know, we didn't see him much after he put the ball on the ground. After, I think it was like the second time. Um, you know, you think that we're going to see him in this game less because of that, because of the fumble issues. I know that Tom. That's one of Tomlin's. You know, pet peeves. You know, he doesn't want anybody putting the ball on the ground, and and people have gotten benched for it. Do you think that he's um, going to see some less time now? No, um, I don't. I mean, if you look at his career, mm-hmm. uh, I think he fumbled maybe two times all last season, and now I think he has like three total this year, uh, three or four. Um, he's not a fumbler. Right. Ball security is not an issue with Warren, except for a wet ball. If that ball is really wet, like I said, because of his shorter arm from his wrist to his elbow, uh, and that affects the pressure points when you're carrying it, he can't. He struggles with that wet ball. So we'll know that in the future. Because that's the first time I ever remember him losing a couple of fumbles like that. And he struggled on two other carries that he yeah. almost fumbled. And he, you know, um, So now we know and the Steelers know 
moving forward, if it's wet, uh, to throw him the ball, and but not a lot of inside running because, yeah. uh, you know, that's what you want to lean more on Harris. Harris is a great mutter. We remember Jerome Bettis was a great mutter. When, the, when it was wet and it got a little muddy, you know, guys who are speed guys or take big strides, uh, it makes it tougher because you can slip and, and but but where Jerome took them little steps and and Harris kind of does too, um, and they have that size and that mass behind them, mm-hmm. uh, they're perfect for bad weather games. And I remember Le'Veon Bell had a monster game in Buffalo, uh, right there during his prime years. And it was snowy and it was ugly. And he had like 200 yards rushing, if I remember. And I think Harris could have a big game if the run blocking stays, you know, like it has been. And they can hit enough passing to keep the defense honest. You know, keep them backed off. Uh, I think the Steelers can have success running the ball with Harris. So I expect Warren to be more of your, your third down, throw it to him out of the backfield. And, and maybe not get as much carries, but I don't think he's in the doghouse because I don't think it's going to be wet this week. Mm-hmm. And if it, as long as it ain't rainy and really wet, I think he, there's no issue with him fumbling. Yeah, I think so too. Like you said, it's only been a few times. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, I think what's going on is he just ha- he's just a high effort guy. He's just doing everything he can to try to get the next yard or something. And and sometimes he'll be spinning or doing something. And I think that's what happened in this last game. He was spinning around. And as he turned around, I think he bumped into one of his own players. Yeah. And, and the ball came out. And so, uh, you know, it's not something kind of like what Tomlin says. You want to say, whoa, uh, then sick him. You know, that's one of those types you got to kind of like settle him down when you say, hey, yeah. it's wet. Um, it's raining. You know, some of these extra yard things can, you know, you're going to put the ball in danger. So you know, proceed with caution, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think that he's probably going to see maybe, um, maybe a few snaps less, but I don't think he's going to be taken out completely, especially in a game where the Steelers are going to have to, you know, really, really rely on the running game. Um, I think that's the identity of the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. That's where, um, you know, um, uh, that's what makes them successful. That's what opens up the passing game, in my opinion. And, you know, when they both are working like that, it's very comp- uh, complimentary offense or or, mm-hmm. or play. I'm super impressed. Did you hear the comments from uh, uh, Deontay Johnson on that touchdown pass and, um, you know, that how how that play was developed and things like that? No, I didn't hear it. <clears throat> so he said that, you know, throughout the week that um, uh, Faulkner and Scully uh, – uh, I guess they saw something on film and a tendency. And I think we saw it a little bit early in the game where, you know, when Mason Rudolph was almost intercepted, he was staring down the receiver going into the middle. The mm-hmm. safety was going to run right there wherever he was staring at, no, no matter what. Uh, Deontay said that they had seen that or something. I'm assuming that's what they saw in uh, in film and that they developed that play and they worked on that play all week. But that was a play that was created that week. That wasn't a uh, Matt Canada play, so to speak. So definitely one, not. Definitely yeah, not. definitely not. So it was one hundred percent on the new new yep. regime, and 
it worked perfectly. I mean, Mason Rudolph looked off the safety, the safety moved, and that throw, I mean, you know, there's one thing that I've been saying about Mason Rudolph up to this point. I thought he played, you know, well. I'd been saying that he uh, hadn't done anything elite or super special or anything like that. He was just, you know, he was taking what the defense was giving him and being accurate with the ball. That throw, that was different. That was threading the needle between the safeties and the timing, you know, being able to hit him on stride. Uh, I thought it was a thing of beauty. What, what were your thoughts on that play? And and now knowing that, you know, that was a play that was developed this weekend or this week, you know, that gave you some extra confidence in the uh, in the direction of the offense? Um, well, I've, I'm just developing more and more confidence in Rudolph. Uh, yeah. because of the fact that he will stand in there that extra couple of milliseconds to let that play develop. Uh, we saw earlier in the year because of the offensive game planning and game and play calling and the lack of faith in the offensive line, which in all truthfulness is still struggling in pass protection, but Rudolph standing in there anyway, hmm. there was times that, the quarterbacks were not given the play long enough to develop and in, in was in starting to move and scramble. And then, you know, the guy would break open, but they're already on the move. Well, yeah. Rudolph's not doing that. And, and, and like on that play, as you said, uh, very similar to where he almost threw the interception, the safety started coming up, but he waited another half second, let Johnson clear him where then he was wide open and, and he was it was off to the races. And and we've said it before. Even it's funny, that was the first play of the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. So it went to break, the commercial break. And I told my wife, I said, they need to hit a slant pass to Pickens. I said, because I think he could take it to the house. So I, I don't know how it was on everybody else's TV, but my TV, they come back right before the snap. So they snapped the ball. And Rudolph hits the receiver, and it's he's he's racing off. And I said, oh, my God, he did it. And then I realized it wasn't Pickens. It was Johnson. Yeah. And, and then he took it 71 yards. I was I was so excited. Uh, for I was happy for Johnson, and I was happy for Rudolph. Uh, the Steelers needed that in the worst way, and it couldn't have been timed better. Um, but, again, if you hit the guy in stride, on time, those kind of plays can develop. Uh, but why are defenses playing the Steelers like this? The Ravens played the Steelers very similar to how they played them the first time. Because they don't expect the Steelers to use the middle of the field. They do not expect the Steelers to throw slant passes. They, I mean, all that uh, Faulkner and Sullivan have to do is call a few of these plays each game, and they're guaranteed to work because teams have just seen three years of Matt Canada's BS, and I'll be I'll be nice. Uh, and now they're saying, "Well, we know your tendencies." So if they leave their tendencies, which they've been able to do since Canada went bye bye, and now you've got Rudolph who is in there and can execute these plays. You're seeing the Steelers' offense open up, and it's creating these big plays. Um, but that was a a perfectly uh, designed play. 
it was called at the op- most opportune time coming back, you know, starting the fourth quarter. And and that made allowed us all to breathe a little easier. Oh, yeah. I, I just remember the plate going down. And, uh, I mean, at that point, I was like, I think we got this game. And I knew there was a whole yeah, quarter to yeah. go through and stuff like that. But, you know, the Ravens looked demoralized. They weren't really playing for anything. Yeah. You, you could see a lot of their players celebrating some of the things that, uh, you know, the bonuses that they were, were getting. I think Clowney was one of them that was – clearly celebrating for the $750,000 check bonus he got yeah, for, yeah, for the yeah, sack yeah. that he got. I mean, if I made $750,000. It was close to being an incomplete pass. But yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, but, yeah, I would have been celebrating just the same. Uh, but we're going to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere, especially if you're on the on, on the live side. It'll be uh, just a quick second. On audio only, we just have a few words from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we're back. Welcome back to The Hangover. I'm Daniel, and I'm alongside with me is Shannon, as always. Uh, we're talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers moving on. Have another week uh, to prepare, another week to play, as they have qualified for the tournament. They're going to play against the Buffalo Bills this weekend. Uh, but before we get into that and and back into the conversation, 
you have a stock up, stock down report coming out. Um, let us know when that's coming out and what we can expect. Well, it should be tomorrow at 11, like uh, normally scheduled. Um, really, I, uh, we've already talked about some of it, but I, I really I wanted to talk about Najee Harris, but I didn't think I could talk about Najee Harris without mentioning the offensive line. It was going to get pretty extensive. So I actually am focused on one section just on the running game, the rushing attack, because it's been a lot of things. It's been the professional performances of Mason Rudolph, his deep ball accuracy, and the threat of his deep ball accuracy is keeping teams from stacking the box against the Steelers, which is allowing the running game to be successful. Uh, an outstanding season from Harris and Warren, especially with how the season started. Um, but the offensive line has found an identity that they haven't had. They are physical. They play to the whistle. Uh, they don't – That you watch, there, there's a lot of pushing going on, some trash talking, uh, not just Broderick Jones. And – they are setting the tone for the offense. It's what we expected all year, Daniel. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew with Matt Canada coming back, they were not going to be an explosive type offense. But I thought they were going to be a possession offense, a time of possession offense, control the ball, successfully grind it out on the ground, and then work in play action and, and hit a few deep balls. Like they looked like they were going to do it during the preseason. Well, that never manifested because of the predictability and simplicity of Canada's offense. But we're starting to see, even with a functional quarterback and adequate play calling, that the talent is there. I mean, three or four weeks ago, I questioned the talent even mm-hmm. because it just wasn't working. It, it wasn't working at all. And it hit rock bottom with Trubisky at quarterback. But now we're seeing it's starting to show what Pickens could do, what Johnson could do, what the running game could do with, like I said, an adequate quarterback and play calling. Now, I think it's going to be a lot different uh, next year. It has to be because there's going to be a new offensive coordinator. I think Terrell Austin's done enough with this being but don't break, duct tape, patchwork defense, he showed enough creativity. If you get him his horses, not just the guys that were injured, but add to it, that he can be an effective defensive coordinator. Um, So I think we're going to see a lot of changes, positional coaches probably, wide receivers coach, maybe offensive line coach. Uh, there's definitely going to be new personnel with 17 uh, free agents. And there's only about five of them, and I think the stewards are really going to consider bringing back. So we're going to see a totally different team next year. Uh, That's something that I covered in the article. Because the value usually of making the playoffs is the experience. But a lot of this ain't going to matter to the guys next year because, one, it's going to be a new group of guys, a new offense, uh, so it really matters to Mason Rudolph because this is another opportunity to solidify his NFL 
career mm-hmm. and have a chance to come back and compete for the number one quarterback for the Steelers or maybe somewhere else. It matters to the seven rookies this year. It looks like a great class. They need this experience. It's important to all these guys who, you know, up off the practice squad who have helped the Steelers get to this point because it could mean the difference in them furthering their career, continuing it next year or not. So there's a lot at stake. I just don't think it's really going to impact next year so much and what happens as it impacts the near futures of a lot of the players. You, you mentioned something. You said that the uh, the Steelers are going to probably have a new offensive coordinator. You know, do you think that if the Steelers end up winning a playoff game or two, I mean, especially if they win two, get themselves to an AFC championship or, or day I say even further, um, do you think that that you you don't want to retain Faulkner as the offensive coordinator? No, I I think that uh, Faulkner has limited experience. One thing I will say, Faulkner and Sullivan have more NFL experience than Matt Cannon ever had. Right. Uh, so that tells you all you need to know because Faulkner and Sullivan are not NFL caliber offensive coordinators. Mm-hmm. They are designing plays, adding plays, taking away plays because they're handicapped by an already established playbook. But I don't think that if either one of them guys are on the open market, they'll ever get another opportunity to be an NFL offensive coordinator, just like Canada will never see the NFL again. Hmm. Um, the Steelers have to bring in an offensive coordinator this offseason with a new playbook, a more modern day playbook that can capitalize. Um, just an example, um, Daniel, how can you have a talent like George Pickens and you are lack the creativity to get him a single target in a game. I mean, you they doubled and triple teamed Antonio Brown. Ben still got him the ball. I mean, it might not have been the Munster games, and that opened it up for Juju, as you remember, mm-hmm. or whoever the other receiver was. But they still got him the ball, and they still targeted him. Um, teams have been doing that to the Buffalo Bills this year with Stefan Diggs. Mm-hmm. They're trying to take him away, but the Bills are still getting him the ball. Line him up in the slot, line him up in the freaking backfield. I don't care. Make it to where they can't double team him and get him the ball and give him an opportunity to run after the catch. The Steelers offense, even now, lacks the creativity necessary to find a way to at least get Pickens an adequate amount of targets. Yeah, I can't disagree with you there on that one. Um, there was no reason why uh, they couldn't have schemed something to get the ball to Pickens. He is the, in my opinion, you know, in my opinion, the quarterbacks make, you know, whoever their wide receiver one is based on who they trust and who they um, of, often look at. And up until this point, that that clearly was George Pickens. And yep. obviously the, the Baltimore Ravens saw that and they, they double teamed him. They made sure he wasn't the guy that was going to beat them. Um, but, you know, I did notice that Pickens wasn't too, uh, too upset about it. You know, he, he seemed, he seemed like he was all yeah. right. Yep. Um, yep. You know, that was the kind of, 
that's what you what you want to see in your players. You know, understanding that the impact that he's going to have on that day is allowing the other players around him to have a day. You know, um, Deontay Johnson hadn't had a game like that in a while. And the reason why he had that game is because George Pickens took a lot of the attention. Najee Harris took a lot of the attention and it left him open. Yep. So it's a good game plan in my opinion. Um, but, you know, transitioning onto the defense, TJ Watt, some <laughs> depends on how you look at it. Good or bad news, possibly out for the next couple of weeks with a, uh, a MCL spring, I think it was. Um, uh, you know, MCL level or grade two spring. Grade two spring, yeah. It doesn't require surgery or any of those okay. things. It's just going to be out for a couple of weeks. I doubt he plays. Uh, I highly doubt he plays this weekend. Uh, Steelers have to replace him. Their record without him is not impressive. Bad. Do you think that because of the depth that they have now, that maybe perhaps they're a little bit more equipped to handle uh, a team without him? Well, there was a lot of us talking on Slack right after the injury. Mm-hmm. And you see the replay. And people were saying ACL and all this stuff. One, he walked, he was walking way too good. I, I knew it wasn't an ACL. Mm-hmm. Um you worry in that case of an MCL, uh, meniscus tear, things that could put you out a few weeks. Then I heard that he want, he lobbied to come back in the game, and they said no, which was the right decision, obviously. Yeah. But uh, you could get an MCL sprain with a hyperextension. Uh, I've had like six knee injuries. Uh, so I've, I've well-versed on uh, the knee injuries, and – so I was watching him, and when he was walking, not much of a limp. Um, I said, I don't think it's anything major. Um, and they said uh, grade three originally. Now, grade three, you don't have to have surgery, but you're talking a complete tear and usually four to six weeks recovery time. And I was like, oh, man, that's not good. But then yeah. uh, JJ reported it was grade two. Um, and literally two weeks – a lot of guys come back if and play on that third week, you know, with some support, brace right. or whatever. Um, Noah T.J. Watt and the fact that he did want to come back in the game, I don't think it was really that severe. Uh, this week's for getting the swelling down and and pain management and, and rehab. Uh, if they can win, it would not shock me at all if he's not available to play. Uh, if they can move to the second round. Um, at least the Steelers are much more prepared for his absence now than they were last year. Last year when Watt went out, it was, you know, what a what a, a huge difference. They just could not generate a pass rush. They couldn't set the edge. Now they got Marcus Golden, who is a veteran with three seasons with over 10 sacks, double-digit sacks. And he's had a really good year for the Steelers in a relief role. And Nick Herbig. Because I'm telling you, Daniel, if he gets 15, 20 snaps, it wouldn't shock me if Herbig doesn't have multiple sacks this week. Because Herbig is a different animal. He's got the sacks he has this year. Did he have five? Um... I don't know, but he he's done some he has some crazy production Stat, on limited very snaps. Limited. Yeah. Yeah. And so 
if he gets a little bit of extended exposure this week, it's only going to be good for him moving forward in the future. And it wouldn't shock me if he don't get a couple of sacks. Yeah, I, I think so as well. I mean, I know that it appears that the left tackle for the Buffalo Bills, he's going to be out. He's he's dealing with some injuries. So, you know, all the attention is going to be on Alex Highsmith. They're going to be, you know, attracting the, you know, the, the offensive line is going to be shifting towards the left side for help. And it's going to leave her big on some one-on-one situations on on Golden on or Golden on one-on-one situations as well, and so I, I do think that this could be a game that the Steelers surprise some people. I mean, right now they I think they're a nine and a half point underdog. Yeah, you know, for a team saying. for a team that only scored fourteen points offensively, um, the Buffalo Bills that is, and and who hasn't really lit up the scoreboard offensively. Uh, do you find that a little disrespectful? Um. I think it's because that the Bills are an established contender. Um and they were seven and one at home mm-hmm. or something like that. They I mean, they are really good at home. That's a tough place to 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 win. And you know, Mason Rudolph is on a magical run, but you know, this will be his uh fourth game. And so I just think if you look at all that. They're just trying to set a logical line uh, with the fact T.J. Watt's out. Mm-hmm. I think if Watt was playing, it'd probably be more five and a half. Yeah. But with Watt out, and everybody knows the Steelers' record, without Watt is not good. So I think that's why they're setting that line. Um, but, hey, I hope, it, I hope it does upset the Steelers. Piss them off. You know, hey, we're being disrespected. Because, hey, they need all the help they can get. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that that's something that that is, uh, you know, up on the bulletin board there and on the south side in Pittsburgh yeah. uh, at the practice facility. Uh, you know, the the secondary in this last game against against the uh, the Ravens and Tyler Huntley, he was 15 of 18, or 15 of 28, 146 yards, had uh, one touchdown. They basically had like one drive, Baltimore, in my opinion, that that really did well. Um, I didn't hear Joey Porter's name at all. I think that I think they avoided throwing to him. Uh, you know, Levi Wallace. Uh, you know, I thought he played all right. You know, the secondary played well, especially you know, given the fact that it's it's still a um, you know a cut and paste type of secondary yeah. up to this point. You know, Mika Fitzpatrick has stated that he's going to be coming back. And we know that DeMonte Casey's coming back. Yep. How much better do you think the secondary can be with just those two guys back? And does Eric Rowe keep a position, um, you know, have a position on, on or playing time with those guys coming back? Well, I, I'm more impressed with Rowe as a starter than I am Kazee. I mm-hmm. like Kazee as a deep safety. Play deep center. He's he's got good range, and that's his forte. Uh, but I like Rose's instincts, especially in zone. Uh, he he just has a feel, a neck to float into open throwing lanes, and uh, and he's also a much superior tackler to Gazee. Gazee blows you up, or he misses. He bounces off because he's small. If you watch Rose tackle, he's a form tackler. He stopped one uh, one tackle for loss. I think he had uh, 12 total tackles, 10 solo, let him in tackles again. 
uh, one tackle for loss and one pass defense. And on the tackle for loss, he, he wrapped up the running back in the backfield, made a great tackle uh, low, took his legs out. You know, it was a perfect forearm tackle. So I'm very impressed with Eric Rowe. He's 31 years old. Uh, I'd like to see him come back and provide depth for the Steelers because playing for the the Dolphins and, and especially the Patriots with Belichick, he is very versatile and he's very intelligent. And uh, you can watch him make in-play adjustments uh, with his depths, his drops. And um, a, lot of, a lot of our guys, including Kazee, cannot do that. So I would like to see Kazee be the backup and come in and play in certain packages, but Roe and Fitzpatrick start. Yeah, I think that may end up being what happens, especially for this game, just given the fact that, you know, during the suspension, Casey wasn't even allowed in the building. Yeah. So it's been some time since he's been out, you know, to get him caught up to speed and things like that. But I do think that we're probably going to see less, you know, Killebrew out there, Elijah Riley, uh, those kind of guys out on the field um, with Casey back. And, you know, also Rose, you know, increased um, yes. ability and, and Mika Fitzpatrick also back as well. You know, the middle linebackers, I thought they played well as well. Mark Robinson, I thought, played one of his better games of his career. You know, he was out there. Um, you know, Miles Jack is improving every single week, getting back to form and is, you know, going into the playoffs, probably the healthiest he's ever been this late in the season. And, you know, the the running backs, uh, Gus Edwards had 48 yards. Melvin Gordon had 18. Tyler Huntley had 40, but a lot of that came at the end when the Steelers yeah. were playing like defense and he was allowed to run around. What were your thoughts on the middle linebackers? I thought they put a lid on some things. I mean, they let Isaiah likely hit one touchdown, you know, but I think that was maybe more on the safety. Uh, but what were your opinion on the middle linebackers? The Steelers are starting to find a nice rhythm. And that they're, they're letting Robertson play on early down. And then seamlessly and quickly rotating him out and bringing in Walker and Jacks. So it'll be a, a Landon Roberts and Robertson on first down or early down. And then they move in Miles Jacks and Walker, uh, you know, on your second and third down place. And that's working really well because Robertson still struggles in he's he can cover a back out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. Uh he's really proficient at that. He struggles on tight ends. We seen it at training camp when uh, Washington toasted him a couple of times at Firemuth, and and then during the season, as his playing time went up, like against the Cardinals, uh, they just torched him, and so did the Colts uh, with that one big tight end they have. I can't think of his name. Um, might have been Cook. He played uh, in Virginia. He was a basketball player. Mm-hmm. He's a really tall, athletic tight end, and Robertson could not hang with him. But Afton, I seen Afton earlier that comment. She was talking about Mark Robertson. I was very pleased to see Robertson be able to contribute this week because he forced a fumble on a nice tackle. Uh, Now, of course, somebody else came in and punched the ball too, but uh, Robertson was right there, forced the fumble. He had that sack. When he blitzed up the middle, man, that's what I've been wanting to see out of him. When Robertson is not thinking and just playing, that's what he is. He's a, a heat-seeking missile. 
He's flying in there. And that was a beautiful sack he had. And then he had another uh, uh, nice player too. So um, Landon Roberts is playing with one arm or one pick, maybe the way I should say. Yeah. But he is so tough. He is a warrior. And he sets the tone on defense, especially for those inside linebackers. And the fact that they can do that, that lets Walker do what he's best at, which is run to the football. And, of course, then you have uh, Miles Jacks, who has played, as you said, very well. Uh, he's healthy. And he's never healthy this late in the season. But this year he didn't play any for the last three weeks. So it's actually – I just every week I just pray he continues to stay healthy. Because if he can stay healthy, he makes a difference. He really does. So – but this week somebody else mentioned earlier – would it make sense to keep a spy on Josh Allen? Because I think they're going to struggle to control Kincaid and Cox regardless. Mm -hmm. But if you can have – no, Cox was the name of that tight end for the Colts. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, they have uh, Kincaid and another tight end. The Bills do. Um, he was their starter last year, and I can't think of his name. Oh, but – I think you're better off because we see how much Allen likes to run is have a guy like Robertson or Walker spy on Josh Allen. What do you think? I think it's possible. I mean, you know, you got some injuries out there on, um, for, for the bills. You have a left tackle. That's, that's not going to be uh, there. Probably Gabe Davis, their deep threat guy is not going to be there. You know, I can see the Steelers trying to focus more so on the, on the tight end. And of course, Stephon Diggs, which will, yeah, I think it makes sense. Cause I think that you, you might see Josh Allen get pressured out of situations or leaving pockets a little bit early based on the fact that, he has, you know, a left tackle situation. Uh, so, yeah, I think that it would probably be Hoover or be smart of the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers to have that spy in case he runs because he's a big dude and he's hard to tackle. Well, you if know? you have Roberts or Robertson spying on him, one, you know, and blitzing occasionally, he won't know if they're going to come or if they're going to spy. And because uh, he killed Miami with his legs last night. Mm -hmm. And so I think. And you have to have somebody big enough to tackle him. If it's a secondary guy, he runs over a lot of them guys. <laughs> so you need somebody like an inside linebacker uh, big enough to tackle him. Yeah, Dawson Knox. Yes, yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's going to be something to see, you know. I mean, I think that Minka Fitzpatrick is probably going to be tasked with covering one of the tight ends or the slot receiver, um, you know, the Stefan Diggs, I think that we're probably going to see uh, Joey Porter follow him, yeah. especially since Gabe Davis is uh, not expected to play. So yeah, I can, I can definitely see the Steelers come up in this game and surprise some people. Um, you know, nobody is expecting them to do anything. Nobody expected them to be in this, in, in the playoffs. Uh, I did. Yeah. <laughs> About three weeks ago, I said it was over. Yeah, so they yeah. proved me wrong, and I'm glad. Yeah, I, I think I, I think there was very there was far and few uh, folks in between that were thinking that the Pittsburgh Steelers were going to make it into the playoffs, 
you know, I think that just kind of looking at what was happening three weeks ago, you needed Jacksonville to like basically lose yeah. out. You needed a bunch of things to happen that, you know, at the time weren't, wasn't looking well, which reminds me, um, what do you think about, you know, all the all the uh, content and all the uh, the attention that Jacksonville is getting for uh, the terrible towel waving that they did a couple of weeks ago when they beat the Steelers? Hey, baby, the curse is real. <laughs> the curse of the terrible towel. You don't disrespect Myron Cope. I mean, this guy is a beloved figure in Steelers history. And what every team, the Titans did it, and they ain't never won squat since. They ain't never even come close to the Super Bowl since they did what they did. Uh, the Bengals have done it. And then Palmer goes out and blows his uh, knee out in the game later in that year in the playoffs. Every time somebody has disrespected the terrible towel, it ends badly. And the Jaguars acting like a bunch of idiots in the middle of a season because they won a game in Pittsburgh and they thought, we're going to rub it in your face. And even the one guy pulled the terrible towel away from a kid and was doing that and then stomped on it. And I remember yeah. saying then, they're either going to get them again in the playoffs and they're going to knock them out or they're not going to make the playoffs. Well, guess what? Now they're home watching. So bye-bye, <laughs> Jacksonville. Karma, baby. Karma that came up and bit you on the tail. You know it. You know it. And um, with that said, that's going to do it for us with the show. Uh, before we let everybody go, though, of course, you have Pump Your Brakes on Wednesday. Uh, that's going to be live. That's it's what, 8.30 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. Is that correct? Yes, 8.30 Wednesday. And on Friday, uh, was it Friday uh, about noon, I think, is when it comes out. Uh, the On the audio side only on Still Current Network, go check it out. If you haven't checked out the audio side only, there's so much content you're missing out. But I have an audio-only podcast that airs out on Friday mm-hmm. called State of the Steelers. You know, this is a big win. I'm excited. You know, I'm excited for the team. You know, this definitely feels different than the last couple of times that the Steelers made the playoffs where we felt that they were just going to get blown out of the water in the first round uh, for whatever reason, whether, you know, Ben was old or, you know, injuries and things of that nature. You know, this one feels different. This one feels like we have a chance. I think we have more than that. There's there's no dominant team this year, guys. I mean, the 49ers are the closest thing in the NFC. And the AFC, I mean, if you get in, you have a chance. That's what type of season it's been. So, uh, this year, there's more hope than there's been in a while. 100%. And if you look at the uh, uh, quarterback ratings and statistics, your Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback is the best one uh, when it comes to the quarterback position over the last three weeks. So they definitely got a chance. And tomorrow, yes, the uh, Scobros will be on, to, to my knowledge. I don't, I don't think I've heard anything different. No, it'll and, be tomorrow, yeah. Yeah. So with that being said, we appreciate everybody. Um, we thank you guys. Uh, Shannon, take us out. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. 
Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.